The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Intuitive Connections, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. So hello and welcome to Intuitive Connection. Today, we have a guest, Glenda Lane, and I have been trying for the last 20 minutes to print out all of her information, but I cannot. So Glenda, I'm actually going to let you introduce yourself today. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. And uh, yes, my name is Glenda Lane and I teach energy-drained, people-pleasing, high-achieving women who are struggling with balancing all their responsibilities, that there's another way with more ease and spaciousness that doesn't cost their health and well-being. And I've combined 30 years as a physical therapist and 10 years as an intuitive soul guide, merging science and spirituality to help women tap into their innate body wisdom, remember who they really are, and make choices that are aligned with their true nature. I love that. And I think that we preach to the same choir. (laughs) (laughs) I think so. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this when I was reading your bio and trying to print your bio so that I could read your bio, but you did a better job than I could have done anyway. So we we really do need to, I need to practice what I preach and, and trust the process of life. But anyhow, I was thinking about how we often teach that message that we needed to hear, or we do need to hear, or we yeah. first needed to hear. And that there's so much in the world now, and I And I think about this kind of from a male perspective, though I don't mean male or female, like Mm -hmm. it's all a continuum and and more archetypal than literal because some women or some men definitely benefit from different messaging. But there's a lot of messaging of putting down the ego and being more compassionate. And and I agree with all those things and the golden rule, which I also very much am a fan of. But I think that a lot of those are teaching to sort of a more male kind of egoic perspective. And I think that there's a lot of people out there, men and women, because again, I'm not trying to say every man is a certain way or every female is a certain way, but there's a lot of us out there, particularly women who actually need the opposite messaging. We need to take care of ourselves. Yeah. We're overgivers. So anyway, that was a long lead up, Glenda, but I would love to know what you think on that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, we've as a society been operating under this, um, I'll call it the distorted masculine paradigm for eons, thousands of years. And I really feel like this is the time for the divine feminine to come through. And and when I say the divine feminine, I am including the divine masculine as well. I believe it's a union of both. It's not just about the divine feminine, but because the feminine, divine feminine has been suppressed for so long, really feels like this is a time of, of that resurgence. And ultimately, I believe it's what's going to save humanity, really, because I think if we continue in this distorted masculine paradigm, which is like that that hyperdrive, that overdrive of masculine energy, of the do, 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 of the achieve, 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 of the of the go, 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 that really, I mean, that's a masculine energy, but it goes against, and again, I'll, I'll use this as a general statement about women, but it goes against our very feminine nature. Yeah. And so when we try to be in those roles of go, 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 burnout happens. And I've actually, I mean, that's my story. I've, I've actually experienced that of really living the, the first part of my life in this, trying to prove my worth through achieving, I call myself a serial achiever, right? It was like one achievement after the next, after the next, after the next, because it didn't feel good enough. And so this was my way to try and prove that. And I think that as a society in general, that that is what we're given accolades for, you know, um, busy is not a badge of honor, and yet we treat it as if it is. You know, if we're doing all the things and being super women and being everything to everyone, that is is validated in some way. But really, it's at the cost of our health and well being. And like I said, I've actually experienced that. So, so yeah, I think it's. Of course, we have to take action. Of course, we have to do. But my sort of focus, and especially with my clients, is really about, it's how are we being as we're doing? You know, the beingness is that feminine energy. And so how are we doing that? And is our doingness, is that being inspired by love? Again, the very feminine, or is it being motivated by fear? And so it's not even that the doing is quote wrong, you know, it's, it's not mm-hmm. taking action. Of course, it's a great thing, but how are we doing that? And what energy is sort of propelling us forward? Are we moving towards pleasure? Are we trying to avoid pain, you know, and is it based in fear, based in love, all those things. So anyway, that's a very long-winded answer to your question. That's a beautiful answer. It's a beautiful answer. And I think too, for me, the way that I think about it is we want that balance between being and doing. Mm -hmm. We live in a world that is very doing oriented. Yeah. And for me, when we're in balance, the doing comes through being. Yes. So you, you cultivate, you find that state of presence, and then that presence shows you the next steps, the next actions. But I think that most human beings are caught in this web of compulsive doing. And we're taught that right out of the gate. And I've talked about this so many times on the show, but we're taught, Mm -hmm. you know, stop lazing around, stop having fun and get back to work. We're not, we're not taught to just be. Right. Yeah. And part of what happens in that cycle, it's sort of the, the do, 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 which leads to a disconnect. You know, so I, I don't know about you, but I know if I'm in that state, it's, you know, if I find myself in that kind of do, do, do cycle, I am disconnecting from my guidance. I'm not listening to my body. I'm not tuning into to my divine guidance and 
my higher levels. Like, and then when we feel that disconnect and that just kind of perpetuates this kind of like, I'm not enough. So therefore let me go do more, right? you know, and then we keep doing that and keep doing that. And so, you know, it really is a disconnect from what is even true for us and what is it that we truly desire and what do we actually need in this moment versus I have to go do this. I need to go do this. I must go do this. And and that, that absolutely takes us out of flow and really is that whole survival state, you know? Right. And when you're talking, I'm thinking about, I'm pretty chill nowadays, but I do like to do things, but I'm, I'm a lot more chill. But I remember back in my more higher achieving days, for me, what it would look like is there'd be bursts of doing. And it was almost addicting. Like, yeah, I'd just be so busy. I do so much. And I you know, I too was a high achiever once and went to a, a graduate school where the motto was uh, Princeton graduate students work 110% of the time. Mm. That, that was the motto. And so, you know, you got brownie points for how long you were in the office. You got brownie points for, I remember once one of my advisors overhearing me say, oh, I haven't had dinner at home in two weeks. And, you know, this happy look came on her face like, See, this is a good one, right? This is this is how we were trained. This is how we were taught. And it was it was addicting because you'd get on this high of do, 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 do. And I'm not someone who can sustain that. So I would then inevitably crash, hit the wall. And then, you know, when I recovered, get back on the treadmill and, and run until I dropped again. And it wasn't really the most fun way to be. And looking back too, I can see that the things that I quote unquote accomplished. Some of them, you know, received praise, some of them didn't, but I can look back now and I, if I were doing what I did then, how I do things now, wow, I would have actually accomplished a lot more. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Cause when we actually slow down and we actually tune into ourselves and we're in presence right. um, with ourselves, then yeah, absolutely. I think we are more effective and, uh, and we do accomplish more. And, you know, when I was, like I said, I was a physical therapist for 30 years and, and I worked in a very busy sports clinic for the first 16 years of that, where a new um, patient was coming in every 15 minutes. Wow. And so it was this sense of urgency. It was like that sense of urgency never went away. There was always this feeling of being behind or trying to stay on time. And I've actually heard people who are not necessarily physical therapists, but kind of the same thing. You know, it's kind of like constantly trying to get to this imaginary finish line that's off in the distance and we've got to get there now. And so this, it really revs up your nervous system. I mean, I didn't actually understand for the longest time how stressed I actually was. You know, it was kind of that low level chronic stress that it flies under the radar and you can't, you know, I certainly, I just thought that was normal. I'm just on my normal state of being, but you know, it really was this kind of hyper and it made me almost hypervigilant, right? And right. so hyperactive, hypervigilant and this sense of urgency. And so, you know, that is really the opposite of relaxing into your beingness. Right. <laughs> and I think a lot of us are addicted to that energy. Yeah. And the guides are telling me, I don't know if this is true, so someone will have to look that up, but those hormones, those fight, flight, or freeze hormones actually can become addictive. They can become physically addictive to your body. And absolutely. so it kind of makes sense. But I also think we have a society that reinforces that. Yeah. And I think too, if you think about it, the image that I'm being given is sort of like, and, and I know you are a sports 
PT, right? So <laughs> this probably really fits. If you are running a race or doing something, those endorphins kick in, you don't feel anything when you're there. And so there's a high, there's a wow, uh, but you can't sustain that, no. right? That is not a sustainable, that is, you know, required for, you know, running away from tigers. It's not a way of life. And yet I think that we live in a world where we're being told this is how it goes and you're always running from a tiger. So just yeah. keep running. And a lot of people hit burnout that way. And also a lot of people, like you said, you lose touch with what's happening now, which is almost never being chased by a tiger. Yeah. The danger actually isn't there. Hasn't happened to me just once in, in this <laughs> in this body, at least. <laughs> I have not actually been chased by a tiger, but a couple of dogs that I yeah. was afraid of. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's that you know, that fight or flight response, I mean, it's there for a reason. It is there to protect us when we need it, when there actually is imminent danger. But I feel like, you know, whether it's five or 10% of the time that that's supposed to be active, I think we flipped that on its head. And now it's like 90% of the time we're in that state. And then, right, you know, and, and it is addicting and, and it literally does affect the cascade of chemicals that are released into your body. And, and I remember when I had this realization that I was stressed and it was, I was on retreat and just the, the message that was coming, like I got this deep, deep visceral message of Glenda, if you keep going this way, it's not going to end well. Like you are heading down a path, you're killing yourself basically. Right. Like ultimately that's what was happening. And so my mentor at the time said, um, can you take a month off? Can you just take a month off to rest. And I was kind of like, what? <laughs> what? But I did. And so I gave myself permission to rest. And so I'd be lying down and relaxing and felt like I wanted to crawl out of my skin. That's because my body was addicted to those chemicals that had been coursing through me. And it's like, where's my hit? Where's my adrenaline hit? Where's my, you know, like, where is it? And so it took me a little while to get to a place where I could actually physically relax so that I wasn't as addicted to those chemicals running through my body. And, and, you know, you'll even say like people who are really, really busy, the thought of sitting still and meditating, they're like, no, right. There's no, there's no way because it's a little, it's uncomfortable. Like it is, it really is uncomfortable. But if you know that that's just a stage or a phase that you have to move through to then be able to get to the place of being able to relax fully, um, that made all the difference for me. If I didn't right. have someone saying, okay, that's normal, you know, because I thought I was going crazy, like, what is this? You know, it makes all the difference to have that support of someone who knows that, okay, yeah, that's totally part of the part of the journey. So I love that. And I think too, you know, when I hear you talk, what I'm thinking about too, is there are some of us too, that we get into that fight, flight, or freeze, that constant motion, we get disconnected. And then there's all this, this stuff, this truth, these feelings that build up and maybe they were there for a really long time. Usually yeah. they were. And, and so then too, when we still, not only do we have to sort of disconnect and get used to this lower level of arousal, mm -hmm. But oftentimes we start to experience all that stuff that we've been neglecting, that we've been pushing through. So that can be overwhelming as well, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it was interesting because the first, again, the first part of my life, I literally was like a head walking around on a stick. Like I was so disconnected from my body. I was so up in my head. And I think when you're, when you're smart 
and you're very capable, it's very easy to do. You start to like, that's the thing. Your mind is, is the thing that has got you to where you're at. And so right. it's very easy to do. I also had some chronic pain that I was dealing with in my body and, you know, some digestive issues, hormonal problems, all these things where I didn't actually want to feel, you know, so it was nothing that I was consciously doing, but I, but I had really cut myself off from really feeling and being in my body. And so when I started to do that, of course, the emotions that had been suppressed uh, over the years came flooding, (laughs) flooding out. I went from someone who really didn't cry a lot to just sometimes I felt like I was a weeping mass on the floor. Like, what is this? And I now know, um, and, and that was years ago that this started happening for me about 20 years ago, that I, you know, one of my superpowers is my ability to feel. And so I now see how much I actually do feel. And it's so funny to me to think back of like, oh my goodness, I was so disconnected and not feeling really in my body very much. And now, oh my goodness, like, yeah. Yeah. And and so those emotions can, again, feel very overwhelming when they first come up. And again, you can feel like you're going crazy, but you're not. Yep. It's just simply, it's like unlocking the floodgates and allowing those emotions to move through And once you learn to flow with them Mm -hmm. and have that more embodied experience around what you're experiencing, it actually gets easier, not harder to navigate the emotional world. It gets a lot easier because you're present with what's going on yeah, and you're in touch with what's going on and you you work with it rather than suppressing it, right? Well, absolutely. And I think too that um, a lot of what gets us in trouble with emotions is that we judge them. We judge ourselves for feeling them. And then we also make them mean something, you know, we create this whole story about what the emotion is. And so that, that keeps you stuck in it. That keeps you kind of in the wallow of it. But when you can come to an understanding that emotions are energies, that's all they are. And they're meant to move through our bodies and they have a particular frequency to them, which is why they feel the way they do. And that's why love feels very different to shame. You know, they're just different vibrational frequencies. And so we label them as good and bad, you know, as we do as humans, but really all they are is they're just vibrating at a different frequency. And so when you can start to almost take the power away from those emotions and really see them for what they are, and then allow yourself to be present, to embrace them, accept them and really feel them, then they move through your system very quickly, you know, and then there's gold there. I mean, I believe that our bodies are the messenger of our souls and they speak to us through physical sensation, dysfunction, and disease, and emotions. And so why is that emotion coming up? You know, we can then get curious once we've felt it. And what I see a lot happening is well, people will feel an emotion and right away they'll go into, okay, what's this about? You know, what is this? Not allowing it to really move through their bodies completely. And so they they kind of stop the process. But what happens when you really give yourself over to the emotion, let yourself feel, you come to a place of, I'll just say neutrality. There's no charge to it anymore. And then from that place, that is where your clarity is going to come. It's not going to come before you let yourself feel that, that emotion. And so it's not until you've felt it fully that you then get curious, like, huh, okay. Soul's trying to give me a message here, what's happening, and then to go into that process. And we can, you know, to me, it's an alchemy process. It's a transmutation of 
whatever emotion, whether it was fear, sadness, anger, um, shame, guilt, and transmuting that into love and freedom, which there's even more available to us. And we let ourselves do that. And I think that happens naturally with that presence. When you let that energy move, it just does its thing. Mm -hmm. And it's coming through to say too, that I think a lot of people misunderstand this idea of sitting with our feelings because we really don't. We don't know how to do that. So right. your your head is participating and you're like, I'm so, I'm so angry right now. I'm so angry right now. Yeah, I'm sitting with my anger. I'm so mad. How did they do this to me? This is, it, oh my God, I got myself stressed out. Got to breathe. <laughs> ah, right. And so how do you help people to really sit with the feeling? Because it's a very different thing than what I just kind of did right there. And I'm going to yeah. breathe while you explain. Yeah, well, I really help people come into their bodies. And so when an emotion shows up, so let's say the anger comes up in you, you're going to notice sensation in your body somewhere. Okay. Anger often can show up in different places, but it often shows up head and neck as an example. And so when I guide my clients to really like, okay, they're feeling, I'm feeling this. I'm like, where is it in your body? And what are you feeling? So let's let's focus on that. And then I'll even take them into being in their bodies. Imagine that we shrink them down and that it's literally right in front of them. And then what is the emotion? Like, what are you feeling as you're in this space? You know, you're giving your full attention to what has shown up. What is here? What emotions? And it's often not just one. There's often more than one. And I guide them through feeling it. Like, can you just give yourself over to this experience? Can you let, like you're putting on a cloak of anger or you're putting on a cloak of sadness and give yourself over to the experience. If sounds want to come out of you, then vocalize, right? If your body wants to move, let it move and don't hold back any tears, right? Like just let it rip. And this is your opportunity to really just give again, presence to this. So it's really a body-based. I try to take people and I can feel when they're like, oh, they've bopped up into their head. I'm like, come back down. (laughs) Okay. We're not thinking about this. All we're doing is we're feeling. Just backflowed in it. That's another way I'll say, just backflowed in it. And so I can just sort of feel, you know, where, where they're at and helps them stay present until they're like, okay, huh, it's gone. And then I know, then we can then move forward from there. So yeah, really, really focusing because our emotions live in our bodies. It's not in our heads, right. you know? So it's like, don't give any, there's no figuring out here. There's no analyzing, right? That whole analysis paralysis. So right. we're just, right? So yeah, very much focusing on on what's happening in the body. That felt sense. Yeah. Eckhart Tolle says that our emotions are our body's response to our thoughts, to our mind which makes a lot of sense. And I think what happens sometimes is when someone has an emotion rather than feeling it, rather than, and I'll tell you a process that I've been doing recently um, where I even am able to see what thought triggered what I'm experiencing. But what we do is we go into our head and we try Mm -hmm. to like, let's fix this emotional problem I'm having with my brain, but that just creates more distress. Yeah. Right? Because that's what started the process. Yeah. And it's not a matter of, this is not something for your mind to figure out. Right. I think that's, you know, we very much this idea of, um, okay, we need to fix, right? I'm broken and I need fixing. So we've got to fix this thing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're whole and complete. And you're just having this experience. And this experience is for you. Otherwise, it wouldn't be presenting. 
And, you know, it's not something to analyze. It's something to get curious about. Like not, I have to figure this out, but mm, I wonder. And it's a very different approach to it versus like, I got to, you know, fix this so I can feel okay, or I can, you know, be whole or whatever, but that's not, not the way. And so, you know, once you've moved through the emotion and they're, and they're at that sort of neutral place, then it's like, I wonder what I'm believing that has me feeling this. Yeah, exactly. And that's what my guys have been showing me a lot where there are times when, because I've had, I've had an interesting year, an amazing, amazing year, but definitely one that my human self sometimes it's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And there'll be moments when I'll feel something and I'll tune in. And because a lot of times the thoughts that trigger our emotions are not conscious ones, right? Right. And again, this doesn't mean that you have to go through the Rolodex and try to figure it out from your head because it's not going to work. And you'll probably come up with something that's just a beautiful story that's just dead on wrong. So just (laughs) because that's usually how it flows from there. Yeah. But I'll become present and oftentimes I'll be like, oh, that's what got triggered. I see. And that also usually just moves it along. Yeah. So it's again, it's from that place of presence. So I'll see the thought. I'll see what disrupted my energy, you know, in the most loving kind way, even disruptive has mm-hmm. some <laughs> some <laughs> judgment juice attached to it. And I I don't mean for that. But I'll be shown when I get really present. And you do that from being in the body, which I think is exactly where to go when we have mm-hmm. that real present state. And that's that's your intuition too, my friends. That's a whole different ballgame, right? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it's been a real reframe for me being, again, someone up in her head for the majority of her life. But to now be able to be so present in my body has really just shifted things massively for me. And it's also helped me come out of my head and into my heart. You know, it's really allowed me to open my heart even more, you know. And so anytime you open your heart more, it's just yummier and a richer experience. And so, yeah, our body, our bodies are our best friends. You know, they're constantly giving us feedback as to whether we're in alignment with what's true for us or not. You know, whether we're believing a mistruth, I like to call it. So like you said, that unconscious thought um, often is, is a belief that we took on when we were young and it's not even true. So to have that awareness of like, oh, that's what this is about. But actually, that isn't the truth. And what's the truth instead? And then be able to take different steps from that place. So, yeah, no, I love that. And you said something about the heart. And when you said that, here's what came to me. I often think of that heart center. It's that midway point between, you know, your your spiritual self and your human self. Yeah. If you look at the chakras. And I think for many of us, the heart and the head... <laughs> have been like really, 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 really in cooperation in a way that isn't super helpful. Maybe they're fighting too, but, but really, you know, when we embody those lower three chakras, when we drop down to, you know, our felt sense truth, which is uh, your first chakra, which is, I think people know the chakra, so I'm not going (laughs) to, and uh, I'm going to do a chakra series soon. So if you don't know the chakras, you'll get it. But when we drop down into those lower energy centers and lower is not a bad thing, it's just more of our our humanness, more of our connection to the earth, more of our connection Mm -hmm. to our choice to be here now, which we've all made and we want to embrace I think that opens up the heart to do a very different thing. Yeah. To me, it gives the heart safety to open. Yeah, exactly. 
And then also to be able to receive you know, guidance through our higher chakras as well. It is sort of that, that midpoint. I feel like there's, you know, so you have the earth energy coming from below, divine energy coming from above, meeting at the heart. And then there's this horizontal flow out right. to humanity. So that's, that's kind of, you know, when I think of the cross, a lot of people think of the cross, well, however they think about the cross, whether it's crucifixion or whatever, right? But it, it's really as when you look at the cross, where the horizontal and the vertical lines meet, that's the heart right there. Yeah. And so so it is this bringing, bringing the earth energy up, then the wisdom to inform us and the divine guidance. And then from our hearts, we get to share that out with one another in humanity. So... That's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful image. Let's talk intuition because we have been skirting around and that is the topic of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about how you, your journey in sort of connecting with your intuition and then also how you experience your intuition. Yeah, I, so, <laughs> my journey into my intuition, it's really funny when I think back, I really was not, spiritual, religious, didn't have any type of of that upbringing. And so it wasn't until I think I was about 33 years old at the time when I, you know, got a phone call from my parents um, that live in Eastern Canada saying that my mom had been diagnosed with terminal pancreatic cancer. And it was like a bomb, you know, just went off in my lap. And so I got a flight home as soon as I could. And I spent the next three months um, taking care of her. And it wasn't until, you know, she had passed and going through that experience. And then also about two months after she had passed, I was diagnosed with my first melanoma. And so my own kind of mortality was sort of (laughs) brought up in my face. And luckily it was, it was a superficial one and just required some minor surgery and, and nothing more than that. But it really made me take a step back and go, hmm, you know, I feel like something's missing. I feel like I recognize now it was me picking up on the disconnect that I was feeling like, you know, to my spirit. And so when I came back home after looking after my mom, we have this, this magazine that lists a whole bunch of different courses you can take in the city. And one of them was using energy to bend spoons. And I was like, what? that sounds cool. (laughs) And so it was a half day workshop. I went to that and long story short, it was held by a psychic intuitive and I ended up training with her for two years Wow! and had no, no thoughts of ever doing any type of work in that field, but it was more just a personal thing for me. And I think really just wanting to still feel that connection with my mom And so, but I did, I learned to really like do readings and do some etheric readings and channel and just all these things that I never thought my wildest dreams that, that I would. And then from there, you know, there's been other energy schools and mystery schools and what have you. And for me, my main way of receiving information is a knowing that drops in. And I mistrusted that for a really long time. I think, you know, I think when there's, I mean, sometimes I can see as well. I'm not as big at seeing energy, but feeling is my second way of receiving information. But I can see, and I think that when something like when knowing drops in, 
it's so easy to question, am I making this up? Is this like, you know? And so it took me time and took me a lot of practice to really get that, no, Glenda, you're actually receiving information. And I think because it's so close to you, it's not something out here, you know, you're not hearing something or seeing something. It's like, it's like you, you know? Right. And so it's almost like you're too close to it in a way. So I didn't trust it for the longest time. And now, now I know that that's kind of my main way of receiving information and I'll, and I'll get answers really quickly. I will just get very centered, very grounded, bring earth energy in, divine energy from above and just get into a space where I'm like, okay, and I'll have a conversation with my higher levels, with my body. You know, it really doesn't, doesn't matter to me, but I'll ask questions and I'll get an answer right away. And so that for me has been my main, main method. My body has become such an incredible barometer for me in terms of when I'm out of alignment. It is instant. I will feel pain or I'll feel tension in my body in certain areas, depending on what's going on for me. I've learned to kind of decipher those messages. So for instance, if it's back between my shoulder blades, I'm carrying the responsibility for someone else. Um, If it's in my head, I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself in some way, shape or form. And so you know, I've just come to know those over time and, and fatigue. So fatigue is a big one, especially because I've experienced burnout multiple times. Fatigue for me now is like, Glenda, you are not tapped into your eternal source of energy. Right. You know, you're starting to get on the hamster wheel again. So it can really kind of bring me back. So I would say those are the main, the knowing and then the feeling. And then sometimes I see. Beautiful. Yeah. And I love what you said about uh, the knowing. For me, that is one of my primary clairs and it always has been. And for me, when I've had it, it's been so strong. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I've had it in many forms and I've always just known stuff and I've always just said stuff and people have been like, how do you know that? Or that's really inspired. It's just, I've been like that since a child. So I never really thought about it. I just, you know, (laughs) would just share these things unedited. Uh, But for me, when it's really a deep knowing, like when I made the decision to move to California, I knew. I didn't think I knew. It wasn't like one of those, oh, that's such a good idea. I I knew. I was like, somebody said, I think it's time. And I said, it is time. And the rest is history. Here I am. But how did you learn to trust it? Okay. So I think the thing that really sold me on it was when I began to channel light language because that was something that I could not argue against. This was something that was coming through me that I was not making up. It caught me completely off guard when it started. I was in a healing circle at the time when it first came through. And I literally was, I could, you know, I was in my head going, what is this? Like, what is happening? (laughs) And so later when I was with a very close friend of mine, she said, you know, I think that light language came through so that you would stop questioning Uh, your ability and, you know, what's coming through. It's like, you are so connected. And so many people had said that to me up until that point was like, Glenda, you are so tapped in. You are so connected. And I'm like, what? You know, I don't know the names of my guides. I don't channel a particular being, like all that stuff, (laughs) right? That we can get caught up in. And so I was like, no, I don't. 
right? But when the light language started to come through, I was like, okay, I'm I'm not making this up. There's no right. way. And it was so powerful when it came. There was almost this, I can't help it. I could probably potentially stop it if I wanted, but it was coming through so powerfully at the time that it was like, no, I kn- and I knew in that moment too, that I was meant to be channeling this through for the room. So yeah. Yeah. It was a powerful activation for you too. You know that. Totally. <laughs> yes. I can see it oh, in oh, my yeah. mind's eye. Yeah. Talk to listeners because that was my last question for you. So I love how we segued so naturally. Talk to listeners and myself included about light language because sure. I know a little bit about it and I'm curious. I have some questions and they probably do too. Yeah. Well, I'm by no means an expert in it, but I'll, I'll kind of give you my perception of it. That is your expertise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, my my understanding of it is that light language are their codes, their codes of light that are being expressed in verbal form. And we all have our own ways that we are expressing, whether it's through art, whether it's through cooking, whether it's through obviously light language singing, all those things. And so the light language, it is meant to bypass the mind. So it is not something to try to wrap your head around in terms of figuring it out. So meant to bypass the mind and go straight into your body and and activate your cells. And when it's coming through me, I feel like a love bomb has gone off inside of me. Like I just, the way that it lights me up in the feeling. Um, And so what I'll say to people is, is when you experience this, don't just listen with your ears. I want you to feel. I want you to feel what the experience is versus like trying to figure it out. And light language is not from planet Earth. It's not Italian. It's not German. Right. It's not, you know, anything like that. It is uh, from another dimension, another planetary system. And so um, that's where it gets a bit woo for people. It's like, what do you mean? There's other There's planets. nothing too woo for us. So no worries. No. Yeah. So <laughs> Everyone has a different experience of it. So I've, I've held activation circles and when I'm speaking it, and then we go around afterwards to see, you know, how was that for everybody? And, you know, with one activation that's come through, I've had, um, you know, someone said, oh my God, I just felt like I came home, you know, and then someone else would say, I feel incredibly powerful, like really like powerful and strong. And then another person said, I felt like you were speaking directly to me and I understood every word that you said. Now she was a medium, so but she was like, I knew what you were saying. Right. Right. And then someone else said, I just received clarity on something that I've been looking for a solution for for a really long time. Boom, it just dropped in. Right. So again, it's everyone's experience of it is unique and it's individual. And so there are people that translate light language. Um, it's not ever been something I've been drawn to do to get yeah. someone to, because again, the message is different for everybody. And, it, and to me, it, it's a felt experience and it wasn't anything that I really wanted to have translated. Well, if it's meant to come through in words, it's going to come through in words. That's what I yeah. would think. There have been times when my guides, and this has happened over the years, my guides will speak to me in a language that I don't know. 
Could be mm-hmm. light language. I don't channel it, but I kind of feel like I could, but I don't know. Never tried. Probably could. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But it doesn't matter. But I will see. It's happened to me many times over the years, particularly with my own guidance, but sometimes with clients, usually for myself. Yeah. And they will speak in a language that I do not know, that I do not recognize that is not of this planet. And I will know what they mean. I won't know the words, but I'll know what they mean. And I'm wondering if that's the experience of light language. Yeah. 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 And even if you don't know, you feel it. It's it's a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Not a head thing, but like, okay, this is my experience that I felt. And to me, it's like you receive exactly what it is that you require in that moment, you right. know, that that your soul is asking for. Um, that you're desiring, it's kind of like, okay, here you go. So, and I've had it come through in very different ways. The first time it came through, I, the way that I describe it is it was a fierce love. Like it was powerful and it was very much about, to me, what it felt like is saying no to some kind of lower frequency energies that were in the room. It was a very powerful thing. The next time it came through, it was a celebratory, like I was celebrating someone. And then another time it came through, I was sitting next to a woman and she was like, oh my God, she was just in tears. She's like, oh God, I just feel like, I just feel so much love and I just feel so much yeah, like I'm home, you know, like I've just come home. And so it does come through in different ways and certainly different, you know, sometimes it's very, very fast. Sometimes it has more like a lilt to it. It almost feels like Italian to me. I know it's not an Italian, but just the way it's, there's a kind of a melody to it almost, you know? Yeah. When my guys have communicated to me in this manner, there's a rhythm to it. Yeah. That's as important as the sound. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, yeah. It's almost visual. Yeah. And also too, it comes through extremely powerfully um, when I'm in a group. So the group Mm -hmm. energy. And what often will happen is a huge release of energy. So my body will shake. I will start sobbing. And I'm not aware of what I'm sobbing about. It doesn't even matter. But it's like this huge, it's almost like preparing my body for it to come through. So it shakes me, right? Like it'll shake my body and have this huge emotional release. And then boom, it comes through. Beautiful. Now that doesn't happen all the time and it doesn't have to happen in that way. I think those are probably the most powerful times. Um, Sometimes when I'm in a session with a client, you know, be going through something and I'll just feel it. I'm like, oh, it wants to come through really powerfully. And I, I ask my client for permission to channel it through and then it comes through and it just, whatever was either being cleared or activated in that moment, it's like, giving it a big boost, you know, like it's amplifying that energy of whatever wants to happen for that client. So, and then there's times I can just open my mouth and speak it, you know, I mean, I can, it's not something that I do because I, I do have reverence for it. I think that it's not, you know, it's not a party trick, right? It's something that I really, like I said, have reverence for it and use it when I get the hit to, you know what I mean? When I get the nudge, which is how I do everything. I think (laughs) personally in my work, I just wait for the nudge. Oh my God, I could talk to you forever. I I hope that you have some videos up there somewhere so that we can see you doing this. I'm just really excited. Tell people if they want to experience more of your magic, where to find you, how to do that. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, I've super enjoyed today too. My website is freedomfromwithin.net. If you fill in your information there, what it will take you to is a quiz on whether you're surviving or thriving. And another way of looking at that is 
Are you in alignment or out of alignment? You know, are you in connection with yourself? Because the reason that I created that is awareness is the first step. Where are you at? Because once we have awareness, then we can choose. So if that is something that interests you, and of course you would get on my email list there, I am on Instagram at Glendalane Freedom Guide and also on Facebook. So it's under Glendalane. For the women listeners, I do have a group called Freedom to Love, if that is uh, something that you would like to join us in that group. I'm also on LinkedIn. And if you want to get into direct contact with me, uh, my email is Glenda, G-L-E-N-D-A at glendalane.ca. And that's how you can connect with me, which I love. I love it when people do that and reach out and even just to say hi. And yeah, so that's how you can get a hold of me. Beautifulness. And of course, as always, we'll have all that information in the show notes. Glenda, any parting words you want to share before we sign off? Oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, the message I'm just getting right now is, is really understanding that Not only are you loved beyond measure, but you are that love. You are that very love that is the energy of source because you are source. And so I know there's times where it's really hard to remember that. And so that is something that I, maybe it's just a little reminder today for everyone that, you know, at our core, we're love. And when we can start to let love lead, that's when the miraculous happens. That's when the bliss happens, all of those things. And so, yeah, that would be my parting message for today. I think that's a really, 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 really good place to wrap up. I'm not going to say anything else other than thank you for joining me, Glenda, and thank you everyone for tuning in and namaste. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down.